Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet, around the world, church service, and I'm so glad that you're here today. Now, I want to read a couple of verses to you from Genesis chapter 14. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings, and then we'll jump into today's message. Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he, Melchizedek, blessed him, that's blessing Abram, and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. So Abram is coming with this spoil of war that he has captured, and the tithe, he is giving it to the Lord, and it is, he is bringing that tithe through the priest at that time, who was a very mysterious figure. His name is Melchizedek. We know that he is the king of Salem, but outside of that, we don't know anything about his lineage, who his father was who his mother was, and all of that was done prophetically on purpose because Melchizedek is a type or a shadow of Jesus, the great high priest who was to come. Now, we see this also over in the book of Hebrews, and of course, notice that Abram brought the tithe, or 10%, to Melchizedek, who is a reference to Jesus. Hebrews 7 verse 1, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. And that's what the tithe means. It means a tenth of all. So if you get uh, an inheritance, or if you, uh, you get your paycheck, or whatever it might be, or you find $10 laying on the ground and there's nobody to return it to. So the $10 is yours. $1, which is a tithe goes to the Lord. Praise God to whom also Abraham gave a 10th part of all first being translated King of righteousness. And then also King of Salem, meaning that Melchizedek was King of peace. So he was a real person that God was using in the Old Testament to symbolize Jesus, our high priest. Verse 4, now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. Verse 7, now beyond all contradiction, the lesser, that would be Abraham, is blessed by the better, that would be the greater person, would be Melchizedek. Now verse 8 is very interesting. Here, that would be on the earth, here mortal men, such as myself, okay, mortal men receive tithes, but there he, that would be Jesus, he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. So when you bring the tithe into the storehouse of the Lord, you're still putting it in the hands of your high priest, who is Jesus the anointed one, our Lord and Savior. Basically, when you tithe, you're making a declaration that says, God, 
I trust you as my source. I trust you to take care of me. And I'm going to honor you, and I'm going to honor your word to tithe, and I'm going to do that. Now, I understand that some of you are pretty good at math, and you should balance your budget, and you should be aware of your finances. But here's what some Christians think. They think, God, I'm not making it on 100%. How in the world could I make it on 90%? And because they're good at math, which is a, 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 you know, it's great that you can figure that out. Uh, but when you look at the numbers, you're missing something. You're missing the fact that all that we have, every blessing, every uh, open door, every bit of favor, and all the potential that lies out there for increase, it's all held in the hand of God. So when you do it God's way, and you give him the tithe, which belongs to him, you're basically saying, Lord, I really do trust you. And I'm trusting you that I can make it with your help on 90%. Now, there have been those in church history who have proved this even by giving 90% and actually living off the 10 and with the 10 still having a whole lot of extra. Now, you're not required to do that. God doesn't ask you to do that. But I think that is something that does validate God's ability to take care of his people. But you know what? It's a faith walk and it expresses to the Lord that you trust him. Uh, on the other side of that coin, when a Christian says, I'm not going to tithe uh, and they could have some, maybe some pretty good reasons. They could say, I don't, I don't have enough money. I, if I had the extra, I would. And so there's many uh, reasons and others. They justify it by, maybe trying to place it under the Old Testament or something like that. Of course, you can, you can tell I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 7. That's about as New Testament as you can get, written by the Apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But my friends, tithing really comes down to the walk of faith. And it says, God, I trust you. Likewise, if you don't tithe, you're saying, Lord, I really don't trust you that you could put me over. So I'm just going to utilize all of my strength, all of my brain power, all of my resources, and hopefully I can make it. And maybe you can make it financially. But you know what? The enemy, he is, he really lives up to his reputation. He is a thief and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you think he's not going to get it here, he'll just come around another way and he'll pull it out another way and he'll attack and he can, he can hit you from angles you didn't even know you had. So you want to be under God's divine insurance policy that is extended coverage over the tither and those who love him. My friends, come on into that place of safety and security. And actually the tithe also, it's not something even I would ever even argue with somebody about being per se a doctrine. Uh, for me, when I studied it in the scripture, and I know that you see this too, it's actually a covenant. That's what tithing does. It brings you to, into a covenant. You know, you can be very prayerful, but prayer does not move you into prosperity. Obedience to God's word, loving God, and of course, honoring God with his tithe. Now, these are things that position you in a way where God has great care uh, about your financial well-being. Praise God. Why? You are in financial covenant with him. Praise the Lord. So my friends, let's honor Jesus, our high priest, who was uh, represented in the Old Testament by Melchizedek. 
Melchizedek, having no known beginning or end, we don't know how he was born. We don't know how he died. And Jesus is our high priest. You know, Jesus is God. I think uh, with the great uh, moral decay that we have seen in our nation, we have also seen uh, inroads within the church where uh, even a lot of church members have begun to drift away from good doctrine, such as Jesus was born from a virgin, such as Jesus is God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And there's many, many scriptures throughout the Bible that designate Jesus as God. He is 100% man and 100% God. Now, we may say that we don't understand that, which is perfectly acceptable, but we do believe it and we receive it because it is a mystery. Praise God. But it is true. Jesus is God. He had no beginning and he has no end. Well, Pastor Stephen, who created God? Uh, nobody created God. He's always been around. And this whole concept that we know of time or space and all of these other things, uh, he was in existence before all of these things were created by him. Praise God. So my friends, let's get to know the Lord Jesus. Let's worship him. Let's honor him. And just like Melchizedek, let's bring the tithe to him. Because here in verse 8, it says that he's still receiving it today. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, let's do just that. For those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes, and also any offering that you would like to give along with it, you can send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. If you want to bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so at the ministry website, and you can do so from anywhere in the world. We have those that tithe. Uh, of course, here in America, who are ministry partners, online church members. We have people in Australia, New Zealand, and China. So you can, you can bring the tithe in from anywhere on planet Earth, as long as you can get on the Internet. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, so go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage that has a red heart on it. It says Give, and you can click right there. And bring the tithe in any time you want to. We also have a, uh, a orange banner that says projects. And you'll see the various projects we're focused on, such as the increase of the television ministry, things like that. And it would be a, a blessing to the ministry if you would like to sow an offering along with your tithe into uh, the work that God has called us to. Now, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that your people recognize that Jesus is our high priest. I thank you that they understand the similarities of Jesus and Melchizedek. And I thank you, Lord, that they know that Jesus is still receiving the tithe. <laughs> I thank you, Father, that when we get to heaven, we won't have to sit in these one-on-one classes like college students do when they begin to learn a new subject. But no, Father, we will learn these things on the earth, practice them, and enjoy the fruits of them while we're here. Father, I ask that you greatly increase your people, that you give them divine structure in their finances, that you bring them out of debt, and that you literally make them the head and not the tail, as you said that you would. Let them be above only and not be beneath. I thank you, Father. I speak over their finances, every bill paid, every debt paid off, 
and reserves and strength in their finances. Father, I give you praise for lifting them up. If there would be any that would be in a tough spot, I thank you for putting them into a broad place of expansion and increase for your glory and for the furtherance of your kingdom. Now we thank you for this in Jesus name we pray and we all around the world say amen. Praise God. All right, let's take our Bibles today and go over to uh, a verse in Hebrews that uh, kind of slows us down. Um, I want to talk today about faith and patience, faith being very dynamic, very explosive, patience being a little bit uh, more slower. And sometimes we can be real excited about faith, which is rightfully, you know, something that energizes us. But my friends, things don't happen overnight uh, very often. So we want to get a grasp of this great part that patience plays. I think it's going to help some of you, uh, particularly who have been feeling maybe that you're not quite where you should be right now. But I actually believe you are. And I believe you're going to cross eventually the finish line of accomplishment on things that God has called you to do. But let's talk about these things today. Heavenly Father, as we jump into today's message, we ask that your word would just jump off the page and be alive to us today. Let it be like spiritual food that we can eat and consume. And we thank you that your word builds hope and builds faith. And we thank you that you're helping us forward in our uh, corporate calling as a body of believers and also individual assignments. We thank you for this father in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. All right. Hebrews chapter six. I actually want to read this from uh, the NIV. It's a little bit smoother. I'm going to read verses 10 through 12. Let me get a drink of my hot tea real quick. And this is Hebrews chapter six, verse 10 through 12. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be realized. I want to read that part again so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy or sluggish, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Now, because I teach a lot on the subject of faith, um, it's easy maybe to think that if you just stay in faith and believe, uh, you know, you can, um, you can step into, th into these things. And there can be times when God expedites things. There can be moments of breakthrough. But God still works with uh, primary principles that he has given us to live by. So the, the promises that God has given to you as an individual, the way that you inherit them and come into the reality of living in them is through these two primary ways, which is faith, but also with patience. Woo. Praise the, praise the Lord. Now faith and patience mixed together. It's like they produce this substance that I would call persistence. Uh, when you are persistent, it means you're in it for the long haul. 
and you may not see changes overnight, and you probably won't. You may not even really be, begin to observe noticeable difference uh, for even a few months. But that's okay. Why? Because you're in this for the long haul, and that's what persistence does. Persistence is an unrelenting and tireless pursuit towards your inheritance. You know, if you've, uh, if you've maybe gained a few extra pounds and you think, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to shed these, these extra weights and I'm going to get a little lighter on my feet. You know, it took a little while to put that on. Now you, the good news is, is that you can take it off a lot faster, but even still you have to take it off the, the right way. And it just begins to kind of melt off from everywhere. On the other side, I remember years back when I was in my uh, mid-20s, I was going to the gym, and there was this one guy there. He began working out, and he was, he was pretty thin. Now, he was pretty tall, but he was pretty thin. He was maybe six foot two, but he probably weighed about 160. So that's a pretty thin guy for that height. Um, but, you know, about two months later, I could tell that he, his shoulders were getting bigger, and he was starting to uh, fill out. Well, about two years later, uh, you know, uh, you know, and that takes a little while to get there. But about two years later, it was like a transformation that looked like something that, you know, you would put in a magazine somewhere from this to that. It was a phenomenal leap that he made. The good news is that two years can go by pretty quick. The reality is that also two years is still, whoo, it's still two years, especially when we all have to live it day by day. But my friends, we're going to get to these places that God has called us to arrive at. Praise God. So persistence is an unrelenting and tireless pursuit towards your inheritance. You know, I, I think of it because I've done this before. I think of it like trying to chop down a tree with an ax. Now, if you're smart, you'll get a chainsaw. That's what I realized when I did this one time years back, started chopping this tree down. I'd bought an ax and I was real excited. And I went down and I chopped this tree down. I didn't have enough sense at that time to realize I was actually cutting down a really pretty hardwood tree. <laughs> if you have a property, you always want to keep your hardwoods, but I was all excited. I was going to chop something down. So I started chopping this tree down and it was, you know, hardwood trees are not like pine. They're the woods a lot more dense. And I got into it and I realized I'd bit off more than I could chew. And I certainly wasn't a beaver, but I had that ax and I was chopping and chopping and you know, you do that for 20 minutes and you're using muscles you don't normally use because you're swinging sideways and everything. And you're like, oh, brother, it took me like two days just kind of like taking breaks and stuff like that, working around the tree for I finally got the tree chopped down. Of course, after that, I invested in a chainsaw. But the thing is, is that I don't know how many chops it took. I don't, I don't know, maybe 400. But uh it all starts with one. So you have to start with one, begin to make that progress. And if you keep hitting it and keep hitting it, eventually you'll finally be able to yell timber, which means get out of the way. <laughs> Trees coming now. And preferably if you're using a chainsaw, you make sure nobody's there in the first place. But when you're chopping with an ax, you're not quite sure when that last blow is actually going to be the one that makes it snap and it starts to go. And you know, the thing is, is that when you do hit that last one, you might not know exactly when it is, 
but it falls and everybody says, oh, that's wonderful. It's great. And you might think it's great, but we all know it didn't just happen at that moment. We are looking at a cumulative effect of building and building and staying on it. And eventually we get there, praise the Lord. And that's what is going to happen to you because let's say it takes 400 swings with the ax before it falls. You never know. You might be at like number 391. You might be at number 388 and you don't realize how close you are. And the last thing you want to do is just say, you know what? I've been doing this for so long. I think I should have had a breakthrough by now. And you step away right when the angels are about to release the celebration party, right when you're about to have the breakthrough of your life. Wow. Woo. Praise the Lord. So stay in there. Stay in there. Praise God. Eventually, you're going to have your breakthrough. It's like, it's like a tree. When it begins, everything starts with a seed form. It starts in seed form, and eventually it grows into the great, big, beautiful thing that God has destined it to be. But my friends, we're going to have to combine the good old classics of faith and patience. Woo! I remember when I was younger, I actually, uh, I was all excited. I was real built up in faith. And I told, I told the minister, and I said, yes, by faith, God's going to do it. And he very, he was a lot older and he very calmly responded. He said, yes, by faith and patience, we possess these promises. And I was a little bit like, I felt like he rained on my party. <laughs> well, I actually had my party, but it certainly wasn't two weeks away. It was more like a couple of years out, but I did have my faith party. Praise God. It showed up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, anything that you get overnight, it's probably going to disappear overnight. Maybe not literally overnight, but it's going to like evaporate, vaporize. It's going to get lost. It's going to get uh, hijacked, stolen, or something like that. Anything that you get overnight, you know, uh, the real, you know, shortcut quick route, it's going to disappear overnight. We have seen it over and over. We're still seeing it today with uh, things that happen of investments that go up in smoke. Um, I think now, because we are so integrated into knowledge uh, through fast internet, it used to be that if a company was tanking, uh, the big guys may up at the top could get out quick because they would know about it. But now if you have a company that's fraudulent or it's, it, you know, it's got major problems and people start getting off the ship. Well, suddenly everybody gets off the ship. So <laughs> anything that's going to collapse now, it literally can be overnight very, very quickly. Now let's go to Proverbs chapter 13 verse 11. Wealth gained by dishonesty. Well, you may have gained it, but if it's gained by dishonesty, it says it will be diminished. But he who gathers by labor will increase. You know, this was, this was a little over 26 years ago. Um, Kelly and I were hanging out, and one of these uh, uh, young Christian spirit-filled women that we knew uh, in the area, she happened to see us while we were having lunch somewhere. And she said, Hey, you two need to get to this meeting tomorrow uh, in San Diego. Now, at that time, we were in Orange County, about an hour and a half north. She said, You need to get down to this meeting tomorrow in San Diego because uh, we're all going to get wealthy tomorrow. 
And, you know, we said, well, like, what's going on? So what is the, um, what's the spiel? She said, there's a lady there who is going to be presenting these checks. Now, you have to pay to get into the conference. But once you're in, uh, she is going to give you these checks. They're blank. And the first thing you have to do is you have to go out and max out all your credit cards. Can you believe this? That people were doing it by the boatloads. She said, you have to max out your credit cards. If you have two or three or 10, max them all out. And then by the, you got to do it by tomorrow. And then you go to this meeting. She gives you these checks and the banks have to receive them and they have to cash them according to a government stipulation. And I said, that sounds really uh, fishy. That sounds actually kind of like too good to be true. She goes, oh, no, it's true. Now, my wife and I knew this young woman. She's probably about uh, 28 years old. She could prophesy real good. She's spirit, filled with the Spirit. And she's inviting all of her other friends. I mean, you know, she knew a lot of people in the church that she belonged to. And they were all going down there the next day. She had actually already maxed out all of her credit cards so that she could get these checks to go pay them all off. And, um, and so she said, you guys need to be there tomorrow. This is a blessing from the Lord. <laughs> I thought the whole thing was crazy. Um, but some of these things were still stabilizing in me, these scriptures. The next morning, uh, I got up early in the morning when I woke up, when I sat up in bed, when I sat up, this scripture somehow like sat up with me and came right up before me. And I didn't know it like I do today. I didn't really know it then. It's just like, you know, kind of like when you just read through the Bible, you're in are randomly reading. Well, this had somehow gotten put into the data bank and the Holy Spirit pulled that scripture up and it stood right before me. And it said, and it had highlighted the part that says labor, uh, comes through increase you gather he, he who gathers by labor will increase and when I saw that I knew beyond a hundred percent and I had a pretty good feeling I should have known it solid for sure but now I would that that whole thing was a scam and everybody that went to that conference got all those checks got all those checks and they took them to the banks and the banks there was not a bank in America that would cash those stupid checks and the lady that wrote them Skip town. She's gone. She's long gone. She got, she got people to pay her to come to the conference. So she's got, she got her money. She's gone. <laughs> and everybody else is in a boatload of trouble. Woo. Pastor Stephen, I'm glad stuff like that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> Woo. Enron. Bernie Madoff. Uh, FTX. And on and on it goes. And there'll be more. There'll be more. Wow. Crazy, crazy stuff. So anything that you get overnight will disappear overnight. Mm -mm. Look, I believe in investing, but I, I don't like wild speculation. I mean, maybe if I was back in the early 1900s and I got a, I got a land lease, maybe somewhere in Oklahoma or Texas, I could have maybe gone in as a wildcatter and a wildcatter is a person you're going to drill a well because there was no uh, 2D or 3D seismic technology then. So you're going to just drill a well because, well, they found oil over there. And uh, let's just drill one here. Maybe we'll find one hill here. So if you found one, you're in the money. If you didn't, you drilled an empty hole. It's basically like throwing money. <laughs> uh, throwing money down the hole and it's all gone. So, but, but, you know, when wells are spouting up all over the place with oil, you know, 
So I don't know. I maybe could have had a little bit of a wildcatter in me, but I don't like speculation. Speculation is wild risk. And um, no, I don't like that. I like faith and patience. Let's stay with it. Now, if God gives me a thus saith the Lord on something, uh, that's different. But um, be very, very careful in these areas. There's scams out there left and right. Uh, you, you have um, sometimes uh, very immature Christians that are not only caught into it, but they're also propagating it. So let us be aware of these things because anything you get overnight will disappear and it can also disappear overnight. Woo. And it's happened. It's happened. Isn't that amazing? You had a couple of million people woke up in the morning and for some of them, their entire life savings were gone with that crypto platform got wiped out and everybody that had their exchange, you know, their, their, uh, cryptos on that, uh, platform. It's all gone. It's all gone. Wow. Crazy, crazy stuff. Now, everything that is precious takes time. Oh, we don't have time, Pastor Stephen. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Faith and patience. Are we in the last days? Yes. Yes, praise the Lord. But we're going to stay on course and stay on track, and we're still going to get to where God wants us to arrive at. Everything precious takes time. But my friends, we need to know that persistency is the rule of the game for champions. We're going to be faithful. We're going to keep the faith. We're going to have patience and we're going to mix those two together. And we're going to be persistent all the way through glory, glory to God. Galatians, please. Galatians chapter six. Let's drop down the verse nine. Mm -mm. Wow. I was in one city. Kelly and I were in this one city one time doing ministry. Big city. If I were to say the name, you, you, everybody in America knows this city. And uh, the largest church in that city was a spirit-filled, charismatic-type church. And this church got caught up because the pastor led his entire congregation, the biggest one in the city, into this investment uh, thing that was going on. And one of the biggest, if not the biggest evangelist in the world went and spoke at that church and he got into it also. And of course, when he got into it, that caused more other Christians to get into it. And you know what? We were invited to get into it also. My wife and I were invited to get into it and we didn't touch it. We didn't get into that. And, um, this thing eventually melted down. The whole thing was a fraud. The whole thing collapsed. It was a, it was like another Ponzi scheme, but the big minister, because when the news began to break, they told him he got out. He got all of his money and he got out. The pastor got his money and got out and all the church members got burned. <laughs> and one of the very influential women of the city, she went to that pastor and said, that is absolutely wrong what you did to all of your church members. And she didn't buy it either. She didn't get caught up in it. But she told me, and Kelly, she told me that she went and talked to the pastor. He didn't want to listen to her, didn't want to hear anything about it. Of course, he didn't really care. He got his money out. So, <laughs> woo, crazy. Watch out. Watch out. Praise God. God's going to take you to the top, but he's going to do it the right way. And because you arrived there the right way, you can't be bought, you can't be sold, and you also can't be um, hoodwinked or conned into something stupid. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Mm -mm. And let us not grow weary while doing good. 
for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Let us not grow weary. I was looking at that word weary today in the Greek, and it means to be exhausted. It means to be discouraged, like greatly discouraged, where you just want to just sit down and say, you know, I've put so much into this. I, I just don't think I can do this anymore. I haven't seen the reward yet. And you feel, you feel drained and empty. But it says, let us not grow weary while doing good. So there will obviously be reasons for a person having these sensations of, you know, this, the, wh where is the reward? Where is God's um, uh, touch to take me uh, to a place that I believe I'm supposed to be when it seems like uh, the wheels are just spinning? And you know what? We are, I'll be honest, we are living in very um, crazy times you know, Israel was reborn in 1948 as a nation, something that never happened before in the history of the world, but it was prophesied that it would happen. And ever since then, the end time clock has just been moving faster and faster towards the last days. And we are experiencing things that the world uh, has never seen before. You know, that's because Satan knows he is running completely out of time. And if you just stop and think about how much the world has changed since 1948, I mean, think about that. When, when 1948 was here, what churches in America would sanction homosexual marriage? Zero, not one, not one. And you think about all the changes back in 1948, did men and women know which bathrooms to go into? Yes. But today you actually have people that don't know. They really don't know if they are a man or woman. They are under such spirits of confusion. They don't know. And so therefore they're listening to the voices tell them. And then they're being persuaded by the wrong voices. And now you have children that are being influenced by corrupt people to go out and take puberty blockers and um, take these very powerful drugs that destroy uh, their body. My friends, the world has never seen anything like this. Why? The devil's going crazy. He knows his time is short. He, he, uh, he worked through very corrupt global influencers to take the world over the last few years through a pre-run of the Antichrist system where things can be locked down, where you can't leave your house, where you can't, you can't do anything unless you have permission from the, uh, from the government. But of course, those that are higher up, they can do whatever they want to do. So it was a test run for the Antichrist system, but they realize they're not quite there yet. They still need a, um, a global currency. They'll eventually have that. They'll have their global leader. He's going to, you know, help pull all the strings together. Then you'll have a global religion. You'll see a merging together of the world's leading religions into one. And eventually the Antichrist himself will declare that he is God. And it's going to be a big, disgusting mess. But God's going to protect us. And God's wrath will be poured out upon the wicked. Praise God. But my friends, 
This is why we are seeing these types of things. So I would say it's not unusual to feel like, wow, I feel like I maybe quite haven't been making some kind of a, a good progress. Uh, well, uh, in some ways it's because you're going uphill. <laughs> you're going uphill in an age uh, that is um, experiencing uh, a lot of seismic shakes, so to speak. But even still, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, you're going to reap. You're going to reap if you do not lose heart. So hang in there because that, that due season is here. Remember, it's like chopping the tree. It could take 400 chops, then it goes over. You, you could be on number 378. You just got a few more to go. And boom, you're at your due season. So that's why I'm here today to say that faith and patience are so important together because now... This byproduct of uh, perseverance, whoo, uh, persistence, it just comes alive in you and you keep on going because you're in this all the way till the end. And because you have that mindset, you are going to be around when your due season comes. Praise God. Whoo, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Glory. Glory to God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord. God is good. God is good. Now, in the pursuit of your purpose, in the pursuit of your destiny, you need to understand, as I talked about this past Wednesday, that it delivers in phases. It takes persistence to enjoy moving through each various phase. And so, thus, we begin to see that life also has the element of not only reaching the ultimate goal, but also in enjoying the journey. Woo, praise God. And when you know that you're supposed to manifest the spiritual fruit of patience, you're like, well, I can only do what I can do. And, and that, that, that is true. You work and you, you pray and you trust God, but there's also the part where we know that God must do his part. Now he's going to do his part, but we also have to realize, you know what? We have to just be patient because we're going to keep doing all that we can, but let's just be patient because you can't rush God. You certainly can't force God to do something because he's God and we might as well just enjoy the journey. Praise the Lord. If outstanding success is your goal, and I sure hope that it is, then you require patience to make it a reality. My friends, let any stress or anxiety filter uh, out of you. Some of you have actually been told, maybe by silly relatives, that uh, uh, you're running behind, or you say you're going to do this, and you haven't done nothing. You know, they don't know your life. They don't know your calling, and they can just be over there cruising. It's very easy for people who are, uh, like, comfortable, and not really endeavoring to serve God, it's very easy for people like that to throw statements out there because they're not really trying to do anything. They're not even really trying to further God's kingdom. They're just having fun. <laughs> but for you, it's very serious. Amen. So don't let those things throw you. Just keep on going. So the vision that you have from God, it's real. And you know it is. It's genuine 100%. And your pursuit of the Lord and your pursuit of that visionary calling is very strong, but please, so that you have peace on the journey, remember that patience is required. And if you don't, 
Oh, I tell you, if you don't have patience, you will get into doubt. And if you get in the doubt, now things just grind to a halt. Mm-mm. So make sure you've got that element, that beautiful element of patience in there. And this stay persistent. Praise the Lord. Let's go over just for a moment to the gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 8. And we're going to go down to verse 14. Luke 8, verse 14. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Now Jesus continues on in the next verse. Now listen to this, because I believe this is where you're at. Please listen very carefully to the words of our Master. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Now, see, we could just say, and you bear fruit, and we'd be all excited. But Jesus, he puts that extra statement on there that we bear fruit with patience. Woo, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I believe the closer you get to uh, your due season, you can almost like sense it. I believe the closer you get to your breakthrough or going to the next level, you can, you can sense it before you ever get there. Those are the times also you need to still embrace patience and just enjoy the journey. Amen. Woo, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> because you know it is possible. That the Lord could come back, could come back. Maybe we think we've got end time scriptures fig, uh, figured out. Maybe we think we've got a little more time. Maybe we think, well, he could come in any moment. But you know, what if he did come uh, tonight? Oh, you might say, some of us would say, well, Jesus, we didn't finish what we were doing. We still had plans. <laughs> Lord, we were not quite at the finish line. Well, you know what? When he says it's a wrap, it's a wrap. And we start going up. I'm leaving, praise the Lord, <laughs> because in him, everything is complete, right? Our whole lives are wrapped up in him. But I also do believe, I do believe he's going to help us to uh, finish what he has called us to do because we are co-laborers with him. Woo, praise the Lord. Mm -mm. I just roll that in because it's not so much the projects. It's not so much the works. It's just him. It's, it's actually knowing him, pleasing him. But we certainly also want to be faithful as the apostle Paul spoke to the one minister and said, make sure that you fulfill your ministry because it appeared that he was slacking off. And so if we have a, a ministry, we have an assignment, we want to make sure that we have it accomplished before we leave planet earth. Praise God. All right. So uh, we see this in verse 15 that we bear fruit with patience. Every great tomorrow requires great patience today. Wow. Yes, we want to work hard, but work hard, relaxed, be patient. Every great tomorrow requires great patience today. Now, for those of you that are mixing patience into your life, you should be very excited 
because you can see a great tomorrow through the efforts that you're making every single day. I mean, you can see it. You know that that's why you have a right to enjoy that excitement that's bubbling on the inside of you because you know, hey, we keep doing this and we're, 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 we're on track now. This is going to take us to where we want to go. God's Word is working mightily in our lives. Praise the Lord. Now, I really believe that persistence will wear out all frustrations just as the Philistines eventually got wore out when they kept trying to make life difficult for Isaac. And perhaps there are circumstances in your life that would try to keep you maybe held back or stuck or whatever it might be. But you know what? As you stay persistent, stay in faith and stay patient, you're going to move ahead because God is the one through whom promotion comes. And he's lifting you up to the next level of greater impact, of greater influence, of greater witness for him. Mm-mm. Say yes. Woo, praise God. Genesis chapter 26. Let's journey back just for a moment to the first book in the Bible. Genesis 26 verse 15. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they had filled them with earth. Verse 18, and Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Also, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found the well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Isaac, because they quarreled with him. And that name, actually Isaac, means quarrel. Can you imagine that? There's a well with beautiful water, fresh, life-giving water, but he had to name it Quarrel. And he decided to move on. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? He's like, well, I'm going to move on because I don't want to get caught up in quarreling or arguing with anyone. Mm-mm. And that's something as believers, we must never uh, take that bait to get into an argument or, an, or a quarrel. I'm happy to try to explain the Christian perspective or maybe answer questions for somebody who's open-minded, uh, regardless of who that person is, would be happy to try to share the truth with them. But if they're only there to quarrel, then I begin to exit the conversation. Now, we see here in verse 21, then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that one also. So he called its name Sitna, and that means enmity. Uh, There was like a hatred that the Philistines had for Isaac. And the truth is, is that they're actually jealous of him. Mm -mm. Let's continue on. And he moved from there and dug another well. And they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, because he said, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. 
See, my friends, you must be persistent. Maybe you thought that that job promotion was certainly what God had for you, but they didn't give it to you, and they selected somebody that maybe, maybe they actually were less qualified than you, but yet for some reason they got the job. Well, you know what? We could have these wells that we poured into, but yet they don't produce for us. But God is still the Lord over your life, and He's able to still bless you, but you must maintain the right spirit like Isaac did. And he came into Rehoboth. And Rehoboth, I love this word, it actually means spaciousness. It could also mean enlargement, but it is basically a large place where you have the spaciousness to finally spread out and relax. And that could be a well and this new piece of property that now he has. Uh, it could be that maybe the neighbor who started the Harley Davidson every morning at four o'clock and revved it up real loud before driving off to work. Maybe they moved. Ooh, hallelujah. Or maybe you sold your house because he had a Harley buddy that wanted to live next to him and you sold the house and you moved and you made a lot of money. Praise God on the sale. But whatever it is, God's going to bring you into your Rehoboth. That's where God's taking you. So you want to have the faith and the patience and the persistence just to stay with it. Don't quit. I, if you have to dig another well, if you have to make another effort, if they rejected your, your manuscript, if they rejected your album and they said, well, that's not really what we're looking for. So somebody else is praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So go and dig another well, but keep going until you get to your Rehoboth. Praise God. You're a place of spaciousness. And you know, where you're at right now, nobody may see you with the end product, but in the very near future, maybe even tomorrow, they certainly will. What God has called you to keep at it, keep swinging the ax or keep digging the well, but keep moving to your Rehoboth. Stay with it. And let me say this also, that as you continue to walk in faith and patience and be very persistent to not quit, God's going to do some very strange things. I would call them strange, unusual favors just for you to show that he's with you and to keep you moving forward step by step. Nothing's going to stop you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They could be sudden breakthroughs. They could be, I, I believe for many of you, there would be sudden favor of a, a supernatural level that doesn't even seem to make sense. It probably won't, but yet it will be extended to you to receive. Praise God. So your Rehoboth is sure. Your place of spaciousness is where God wants you to arrive. And here's the thing. And I've seen it happen before when you reach that place and you did it the right way. When you reach that place, now you can breathe and you can say, I prove God true. God's word has worked for me. Praise God. And now you stand in that place. You often, and I, I mean, it's, it's very consistent. 
you see this other thing that comes right along with it. It's almost like, I call it like icing on the cake. And this is also what happened to Isaac. He arrives at Rehoboth, and so they've made it. No more strife, finally. Uh, nobody, uh, you know, yelling or arguing or quarreling, but he's got peace. And it says in verse 25, so he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. Look, when you have that breakthrough anointing, you just keep going. You're, you're, you're like, God, thank you. You're awesome. And you're, now you're just, you're moving in that flow of anointing. And look what happens. It says here in verse 32, it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well, which they had dug and said to him, we have found water. So they've got another well. So he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba, the place of seven wells. Praise God. Incredible. So now they're on that property. They have another blessing. So often God likes to move in the double where you get something. You think, oh, God, this is so good. And then the Lord in that same uh, season of blessing, he does the double. Praise the Lord. And so now he's got another well. Praise the Lord. I want you to be aware of that when you come into your Rehoboth. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your people. I don't know exactly where each person would be on their journey, but you do. And you're going to fully supply them throughout the entire process of the journey. I thank you, Father. I do see a segment right now of those watching. I see quite a segment of those that would be around the three-quarter area, 75% area. Father, we thank you for that. There are some that are um, in the low 90s. But, Father, we give you praise. That your people are moving into the inheritance, the promises that you have for them. And they're going to see it. They're going to hold it. They're going to proclaim what you've done. So, Father, I ask for your grace to be upon their lives, and I ask that you to help them to embrace the, the dynamic duo of faith and patience. And I thank you, Father, for a tremendous persistence that comes out of that understanding. I thank you that they will not quit or ever give up. I thank you, Father, they're almost there, and they're going to see your power and your glory, and you're going to take them all the way through. Thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. I pronounce your Rehoboth future upon their lives, your place of spaciousness that you have designated for them to be at peace at. I thank you, Father God. They'll see it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. For those watching today, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let him be your Rehoboth in the sense that's the only true place where peace can be found. Now he has a, he has a blessing plan for you. He has a destiny package for you, but it all is tied up in him. So you need to get your life right with God first. Now, if you're watching also, and you used to be a Christian, but you have fallen away from the Lord today is today for your restoration. Today, you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. And I want you to pray also so that you can get back in sync with God and get your life right with God. Okay. Let's pray. Just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. 
I give my life fully to you. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. Save me now. Thank you, Jesus. I receive your salvation. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Woo! Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, let's take Holy Communion today. I want you to grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that we take communion together? Woo! Praise the Lord. You can take it every day if you want. Um, there is a risk that if you don't take communion often, there's some Christians, they, don't, they only take it once a year. Woo! Hallelujah! Whoa! Praise the Lord! But so my friends, we can take it whenever we get together. So anywhere around the world, those of you that belong to Jesus, grab some grape juice, get yourself a little cracker, and let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it through this prayer. We set it apart as being holy, and we thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the Lord's body. We thank you that you're a good God, and that you're working mightily in our lives. Thank you, Father God, you're going to get us there. You're going to get us there. And as we receive the Lord's body, his flesh, we receive strength. I thank you, Father, there will not be one person who will ever faint that takes communion regularly. Father, we give you praise. We receive the strength of the Lord now. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, if anybody has sinned against us, we forgive them completely. We bless them and we move on in you. We thank you, Father, that the blood protects us and keeps us safe from all harm. We thank you, Father God, that we have a sound mind. We thank you for health in our bodies. We thank you for financial provision and strength that we are blessed to be a blessing. We thank you for the fire of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God, for a heart for evangelism to reach the lost and to build up those that would be weak and need spiritual strength. We thank you, Father God, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit flowing through us. Father, we now receive the life-giving blood of Jesus, energy and strength to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. My friends, stay busy. Put your hands to the work. Put your hands to the plow. And don't look back. Because you're going to receive the full reward that God has for you. It may not look like much is happening. But suddenly God's going to swoop in like on the day of Pentecost. And he's going to hit you with the power that you need in the area that you need it. And the next thing you know, you will be implementing everything that you have planned out organized, mapped out, prepared. Amen. And you'll have that jolt forward. Amen. And your life will never be the same. Stay faithful. You're going to see the goodness of the Lord. Thank you for watching and I'll see you back real soon. Bye-bye.